Good morning and welcome to Hope and Merry Christmas. It's so fun to see you all here. My name is Ashley Lentz. I'm a pastor here. We don't believe it's an accident you're here. Thanks for joining us this two days post-Christmas. I actually learned this week that the 12 days of Christmas actually begin after Christmas. I didn't know that. So if you didn't know that, there's a fun fact. Christy Schmall, our children's ministry director, told me that fun fact. It is 12 days between Christmas and Epiphany, which is like this Christian feast celebration. Uh, So there you go, 12 days of Christmas. So we can talk about Christmas stuff today because... We're technically in the 12 days of Christmas, and really Christmas is so much fun. So anyway, I'm so excited you're here. We are talking about God with us today, Emmanuel, God with us, and what that means uh, for us. What does it mean for God to be with us? What does it mean that Jesus was sent into this world? And I'm not going to expound any deep theology today. We're going to brush up on some of the basics, Uh, but I just, I want you to understand the power of God with us and what that means for each and every day. Not something we just celebrate on Christmas, but how it impacts every single day of our life. And as we get to that point, I want you to think, where has God been this last week, month, year? I've seen God show up all over the place just in the last week here at Hope even. We had a Journey to the Light in West Des Moines. That's this top right-hand picture. It was a drive-through experience with thousands and thousands and thousands of lights, and it was really, really incredible. If you had a chance to go, I would love to hear your story because everyone who went for sure has a story about being down there or waiting in line or something crazy that they saw or something that happened, Uh, but it was absolutely amazing to see God show up in this drive-through experience. I was down there on Monday volunteering, and I got there around 4.15 in the afternoon. The drive-through started at 5.00. And cars had started, this is the first day that this was happening, and cars had started lining up at like 4.25. And I was like, oh, this is going to be big. And then, uh, uh, if you follow a Hope on social media, you know that the lines got really, really long. If you tried to go down there, you know that the lines got really, really long. I think they were over four miles long at some point. And the stories I've heard are that people waited like two two and a half hours to get into this drive-through, but God showed up. And you know what they tell me? The wait was totally worth it. Even with small kids in the car, they say, my kids, like, it was crazy to wait for two and a half hours in the car. And then we got through it, and it was amazing. And if you didn't have a chance to go, it is on our YouTube channel. So Lutheran Church of Hope uh, has a YouTube channel and a really nice edited version is on YouTube. So you can see it from a car as you would have if you drove through it. So I encourage you to check that out. And here in Ankeny, we had a drive-in where we projected a program onto the exterior of our building just behind you and cars drove in. And it was incredible to see God show up there too. We had a great team of volunteers. Here's the team uh, from Christmas Eve uh, that day. And it was negative 15 degrees. And our parking team and our hospitality team was standing Outside, most of us are in uh, snow pants. We're, we're really well bundled up. I added the icicles as, you know, just a fun touch. But we'd come in and there'd be icicles on our eyelashes. But it was amazing to watch people pull into the parking lot. That was uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And Thursday at our 5 o'clock service outside at the drive-in, we had over 100 cars just at the 5 o'clock service pull in. And we were all standing outside on our walkie-talkies going, do you see this? There's so many cars. They just keep coming. It was so cool. And to put in perspective for you, on uh, Tuesday, the 22nd, we had 100 cars total between five services. 
And on Thursday, just at the five o'clock service, we had 100 cars, is how many cars that was. And so it was just amazing to watch God show up, to watch the volunteers show up and not complain, some of whom are here today. And they're amazing. They told me walking in that they're still kind of warming up, uh, which is just so awesome. And it was so much fun. And I'm wondering, where has God showed up for you this year? Where has God showed up for you in the last week leading up to Christmas? Where has God showed up for you in the last month, in the season of Advent, or just in the last year? For some, that might be really easy to pinpoint. You might say, oh, I've got lists of how God showed up this year. For others, that might be a really difficult question to answer. Maybe it's been really hard to see where God has showed up this year. Christmas season is absolutely one of my favorite times of year. It really is the most wonderful time of year. But in a lot of ways, it's a really busy time of year. And if you're here this morning thinking, you know, I really haven't felt rest or peace in this Christmas season, you're not alone. And it's okay. Like I said, Christmas is one of my favorite times of year. But honestly, I'm exhausted. It is so busy this time of year. I want you to sit here this morning, and I just, we're going to brush up on some basics like I told you, and I just want those to wash over you. I want you to know the truth of God with you, of Emmanuel, of the power of Jesus entering this earth on Christmas. If you're sitting here going, actually, I feel really rest-filled. I, this has been a great week, and you know, maybe you took it off work, or you've been able to spend time with family. Share that with people around you. There are people who need to hear the joys of this season and give God glory if you felt that peace and that rest. So as we continue in the message today, I want you to keep this question in the back of your mind. Where has God showed up for you this year? Might Again, for some, it might take a lot of diving into your year, a lot of reflection looking back as we move forward to see where God has showed up. And as we move forward, we're going to get to some some ways that God shows up. And to do that, I want to talk about some Christmas songs. So when I'm feeling uh, tired, exhausted any time of year, I love Christmas songs because they point me to the truth of Jesus. So any time of year, I can flip on a Christmas song and be reminded of the power of Jesus coming to earth. And so today, I just want to remind you of those things. And so we're going to use Christmas songs to do it. And we're going to start with my absolute favorite Christmas song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And if I'm being really honest, it's when Amy Grant sings it that is my absolute favorite. And all of my coworkers give me a hard, hard time about that because Uh, At any given time in Advent, I can be listening to Amy Grant all day, every day on repeat in our office, which which I share with people, so they really appreciate that. So, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and I'm not going to sing it for you. I promise you don't want me to sing it. And we're just going to go through some verses um, as we go. And actually, I told the 8 a.m. service, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is a verse or a refrain or a chorus, because I'm not really musically inclined. And our band confirmed with me before this service that they think they're all verses. So that's what we're going with. So we're just going to go through some verses. uh, With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. With angelic hosts proclaim. We sing over this as if it's no big deal all the time. We're talking angels, folks, with angelic hosts proclaiming, here's the power of angels showing up in the Christmas story. Oftentimes in our world, we, oops, sorry, we chalk angels up to um, just loved ones who've passed on, and there may be a guardian angel, and I don't want to burst any bubbles, but I'm going to burst a bubble. That's not really what the Bible says about angels. Now, with that being said, if it helps to picture a loved one as an angel, 
that is totally fine. But what the Bible tells us about angels is that these are God's warriors. They are created as an army to defend God here on earth. And oftentimes when angels show up in the Old Testament and the New Testament, they, people are terrified. Like they bring so much power that the Bible tells us people are terrified of them. People fall. People are scared. And angels then say, don't be afraid. I'm coming to tell you something. So angels are God's warriors showing up on earth. They're terrifying people and then telling them don't be afraid. And they're coming to deliver a message. The word uh, in Greek for angel is angelo, and it's actually a verb, and it means to tell. So angels literally are sent to tell us something. And so these warrior messengers are sent to earth at Christmas time to proclaim really good news. In our Bible verse today, uh, Joseph was approached by an angel. An angel appeared to Joseph to tell him, It's going to be okay. Don't be afraid. Mary's, it's going to be okay, your relationship with Mary. An angel appears to Mary to tell her, hey, you're going to give birth to the Messiah. Angels appear to shepherds and they say, we're going to bring you, the, we're bringing you good news of great joy, that there is a Savior who is born. Go check it out. And angels appear at the resurrection. Angels show up on that Sunday morning and tell the women at the tomb, hey, guess what? Jesus isn't here. The messages that they bring are so powerful that God sends warriors to tell people about them. That's how our Christmas story begins, that warriors, angelic warriors are sent to tell this message. As we dive into the song a little bit, we're going to find some real deep biblical truths in this song that we sing every year, just like they're normal things, but they point us directly to Jesus and the immense power that comes on Christmas Day that begins with this message from angels. Next verse, if you would. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity, pleased as man with man to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. Veiled in flesh. This is, this is a kind of a weird verse. I always kind of thought, like, I'm not really sure what's happening here. And for some reason this year, it just really hit me. The immense really deep theology that we sing in this song. And so I'm going to walk through that with you as we, uh, as we are pointed to God with us and what this means. So veiled in flesh, the Godhead see this. Jesus comes, this totally 100% God comes veiled in flesh as a human. He is the incarnate deity. He's not just God and he's not just man. He is both completely. And it's the next sentence that really hit me this year. Pleased as man with man to dwell. I was standing in the lobby at one of our services during Advent when we were singing this song. And I thought, pleased as man with man to dwell. And I thought, what is, what is happening in, the, in this sentence? Jesus came as a man to dwell among humans And he had to come as a human to dwell among humans. Jesus couldn't have come as God to dwell among humans. That wouldn't have brought us any closer to him. In fact, we would have thought, holy cow, God's walking on earth. Uh, I'm not sure. I can't really relate to that. But Jesus comes as fully human so that we can relate to him and so that he can relate to us. Any feeling you've ever had, God knows it because he came to dwell as a man. 
because he walked this earth as a 100% human and 100% God. So that division between us and God, this distance that we sometimes feel, is actually, it actually doesn't matter at all because God came to walk on this earth with us. And it leads us to Jesus, our Emmanuel. Emmanuel is God with us. And sometimes Emmanuel is spelled with an I, and sometimes Emmanuel is spelled with an E. And just quick fun fact, because I spell it both ways on some of these slides, uh, Emmanuel spelled with an I is a translation from the Old Testament. That I is a closer translation to the Hebrew word. And then Emmanuel spelled with an E is a translation of the Greek word from the New Testament, because in Greek, it's more of an E. So same thing, no matter what it is, Emmanuel is a promise. It is a promise that God is with us. And this leads us to the next song I want to talk about, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. What does it mean for God to be with us? I asked you a couple minutes ago, where has God showed up this year? Where have you seen God show up? And now I ask you, what does it mean for God to be with us? Well, we have to know what it means for God to be with us for us to know how he shows up. If we don't know what it looks like for God to be with us, we can't pinpoint times when God shows up. And so that's where we're getting to today is, what does it look like when God is with us? Not just on Christmas Day, but each and every day of our lives. What does it mean for our past, our present, our future, and all the things in between? What does it mean for God to be with us? And O Come, O Come, Emmanuel has some good verses that point us to this truth. Here's the first verse. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. When I sing this song, it takes me back to like Old Testament exile. Like I'm thinking Israelites who've been scattered all over the Middle East. They're waiting for Messiah. The prophets are sent. Uh, they, They have these truths of something that is to come. And oftentimes I've thought, I really can't relate to that. I really don't know what it's like to be exiled from my home, hometown or be oppressed by a ruler. But again, this year something hit me and I thought, actually, we do know exile. Did you know we live in exile? We live in a time where we still await Jesus' coming. And if any year has taught us what that looks like, it's probably 2020. We've seen so much political unrest, so much so that I want to toss social media or my phone out the window. I'd like to just not even look at anything happening in politics. We've seen social injustice rise to the forefront of our society like we've we've never seen before. And not to mention, we've actually lived in exile from friends, family, and loved ones out of their safety and out of ours. We do know exile. And Emmanuel, God with us, means that God is with us even in exile. There is no time when we are ever separated from God because Jesus entered this world on Christmas Day. And when Jesus leaves this world, he tells his followers, I am sending you an advocate. I'm sending for you something that is even better than having me. You get the Holy Spirit. So no time ever are we without God's presence. So even in exile, God is with us. And right after this verse that we mourn in exile and we're waiting for God to come, we rejoice, rejoice 
Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. And my favorite part of these rejoice lyrics are that they are present tense rejoice. These are not past tense, like, hey, the Israelites rejoiced when they were in exile. They did. We read about it in the Psalms. They did rejoice when they were in exile. These aren't future. You will rejoice when God comes. This is a present tense. Hey, even though you might live in exile, even though our present circumstances might not be beautiful or as we intended, we can presently rejoice because Emmanuel, God with us, shall come to you. There's also a future promise there. He still will come to you. The Israelites in the Old Testament, uh, the temple was destroyed. They were exiled from their homeland. And then the prophets fell silent for 400 years. Oftentimes we dismiss that time gap between the Old Testament and the New Testament because it's just a flip of a page in our Bible. But there was over 400 years where they had no message from God. They had their Old Testament scriptures. They knew God's promise would be fulfilled someday. But for 400 years, they sat around waiting, waiting for a Messiah. And our New Testament begins with the birth of John the Baptist, who is going to point the way to Jesus. And that is heralded by angels who come to deliver that message. And we can presently rejoice because it's coming. We know that there's a coming. And as the Israelites waited for that, you and I also wait for a second coming. We wait for the return of a Savior or for when we get to meet him face to face. We sang a song uh, at the beginning of the service uh, about Mary looking at Jesus face to face, how she was looking at the face of a Savior. And if that doesn't give you goosebumps, man, I don't know. But how powerful to think that one day, we will actually be with God. And in the meantime, he's with us. In the meantime, he's right here with us. So God is with us in exile. God is with us in the present and in the future. You never have to know life without the presence of God with you. That is God's promise. And so what does that look like? What does it look like for God to show up? Like I said, if, if we're trying to pinpoint times when God has showed up in our life, we have to know what that kind of looks like. We have to know what we're looking for. If you have a friend, you have to know what that friend looks like to point them out in a coffee shop or something. So what does it look like for God to show up? Well, God shows up as light. God with us is the light of the world. If you hadn't had a chance to listen to the Christmas Eve candlelight services that were streamed for the last uh, couple days, do that. They're online. But the message is all about the light that breaks through the darkness. And this light is with you. It is for you. Here's what Isaiah in the Christmas prophecy says about this light. He says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Jesus was not born into a glittery world. He was not born uh, into a world that was like throwing glitter around and hanging Christmas lights on Christmas trees. We are so excited at the birth of Jesus, but Jesus was born into a world that was broken and full of sin under the rule of a dictator who was about to wipe out a generation of young men. That's the world that Jesus broke into. That's where his light shines. And in the Gospel of Luke, uh, Zechariah is the father of John the Baptist, and he prophesies about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus 
and about what this means for the Messiah, the power of this Messiah. Here's what Zechariah says in Luke 1. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, and to guide us to the path of peace. When Jesus enters earth on Christmas Day, he paves a path for all of us that is filled with light, it is filled with peace, and it is for you right now. We don't just celebrate that on Christmas Day, it is for you each and every day. And the people around Jesus' birth knew this. The shepherds in the fields knew this. Zechariah, who was Jesus' uncle-ish, something like that, cousin, second cousin, I don't know. He was related to Jesus in some way. He knew this, that he was going to pave the path of peace, that he was about to break into this world that was full of darkness. So Emmanuel, God with us, is a light for you. It is light in you because God is with you. Emmanuel, God with us, is also hope. It's so much hope, and we're just going to scratch the surface of hope. I preached on the theology of hope a couple weeks ago, so there's a lot to this. But God with us is a hope that you can have now, presently, and a hope for the future. In the book of Revelation, uh, the author writes about when all things will be restored, when all things will be made new, and he gives us so much hope. And here's what he says at the end of Revelation. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. If you're living a life that feels like it needs some restoration, needs some renewal, that is God's message to you today. He brings hope, he brings light, and he brings renewal, and it's for you. You don't have to earn it. There's nothing you have to do to get renewed other than to believe that that's what God wants for you. In the Gospel of John, Jesus tells his disciples, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. If you are not living a life right now that seems full, I promise that God wants more for you. If you're sitting here thinking, I'm exhausted, I promise that God wants more for you. He wants to fill your bucket beyond overflowing. If you have felt life that has been stolen, or destroyed a little bit, that's not God's intention for you. That's the doing of the thief, of sin. God intends for you to have life and to have it to the full. And so God with you is hope with you, is hope in you for light, for restoration, for renewal. And God with us is love. It's the most powerful love we will ever know. And of course, to talk about love, we go to Paul's letter to the Romans. He puts it so well. He says, If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not even spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Won't he give you everything you've ever desired or wanted or needed? That is God with you. And Paul continues, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. 
There is nothing that can separate you from God. God is with you at all times. You never have to go without knowing his presence in your life because he entered this world as a man on Christmas Day. This is a promise of hope and light and love, and it's for you. I read through a Bible study this Advent season, and it was called O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And here's how this study ends. They write, in the midst of our celebration at Christmas, the celebration of Jesus' first coming, we also celebrate his second coming and that his presence never leaves us. We rejoice because God is with us, indwelling us with his Holy Spirit and fully knowing us as his children. Yet we eagerly wait for the day when the light of the world will come to eradicate darkness and fully reveal the glory of God to us face to face. That's a promise to you. It's a promise for you. God is revealing himself right now in light, in hope, in love. His presence is always with you. He intends fullness of life for you. Nothing you can do to earn it. You couldn't earn it if you tried. It's free. And we don't just celebrate it on Christmas Day. It's a promise each and every day that we get to live out and walk in 